Hello and welcome to Mission Chat Show, where we discuss the intersection of your mission and brand. I'm your host, Alexandra Figueredo, also known as On a Mission Alex. Thank you for joining us today, and I'm so excited to introduce my guest today, Julia Costa from Amora Designs. Hi, Julie. How are you? Hi, Alexandra. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. So uh, I heard that you're at a wedding <laughs> or getting prepared <laughs> for a wedding. I'm getting prepared for my son's wedding uh, in Charleston, South Carolina, which is Saturday. So we're all very, very excited. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your planning. <laughs> uh, stage to uh, to speak to me today. I appreciate that. No, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Let me introduce Julie and give a little bit of her bio. She is a mother of two young men, one of which, of course, is getting married this weekend, which you mentioned is the same day as your birthday. So happy early birthday. <laughs> thank, uh, you, thank you. Your two sons are Javi and Kenny. And uh, she's been a professional career woman with over 25 years in the corporate world as an executive in the learning and employee development, also known as the L&D field. And Julie has worked with uh, several Fortune 500 companies such as Black & Decker, Kodak, Kelly Services, and Boston Scientific, managing various L&D international locations for them. And very fortunately, she left the corporate world after a life-changing trip to Egypt three years ago and uh, created her, her new business, Amora Designs, a fashion accessories company of handmade items created in Egypt. So that's just a brief bio on you. I know uh, Julie and I spoke, and she has a really fascinating story. And um, Julie, would you mind sharing with us your journey? So you mentioned you were in the corporate world for a few, couple of decades, and you made this transition just a few years ago. Can you share that with us? It's, it's, um, I'd love to hear more about it. Sure, sure. I'd love to speak about it. It's really become a passion for me. But uh, Alexander, really all started uh, three years ago with my trip to Egypt. I've always, always wanted to, to travel to Egypt. Uh, it was a lifelong dream. I finally was able to do that about three years ago. At the time, I was working for a medical device company as a director of learning and employee development and had been, in, as, as you mentioned, in the corporate world for many, many, many years within HR or learning and development. But I took this trip and it, it, I was fascinated with what I saw there, the culture, the, the city, the people, just everything. And of course, all the handcraft items. You know, I came back with just suitcases full of stuff. And when I came back, I, I almost felt like I hadn't really seen everything. I had only scratched the surface of my visit there. And I started thinking of, you know, how could I convert this, you know, love for this place that I had discovered into something that I could return to. And that's where I really started looking at, you know, all the compliments that I got from all the things that I, came, that, that I brought back from Egypt, uh, all these handmade items. So I said, you know, maybe I can turn this into a business. So my journey then began, uh, kind of started that way a little bit into the, the business side of it where I, I focused on the accessories because it's, it's an area that I'm very familiar as a woman. You know, I'm, I'm very, I'm a fashionista. Everybody knows me as a fashionista. <laughs> I love fashion, but I love the artistry and the handcraft uh, of the items that were being made and the stones were just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I started the business trip, Alexander, and I went back again about 
a year after I had originally been there, year and a half maybe. And that was truly the start of the journey in the sense that I, I went in hoping to meet with, you know, uh, factory manufacturers, jewelry makers, things like that. And um, in my in my search for this, I traveled all over Egypt, went to Alexandria, went to the southern part of Egypt, and I landed in this village down in the southern part of Egypt, which is not far from Luxor. And I had been told that there were workshops there of women making these beautiful handmade scars of pure Egyptian cotton. Well, you know, if you've ever owned a set of Egyptian cotton sheets, you know mm. they're the best in the world. Yes. Yeah, they're soft. They're almost like silk. Mm-hmm. So I headed down that way, and um, I met, you know, through through one connection through another, I landed in this, this village, and sure enough, there were these uh, places where this particular group of women, it was kind of like a school shelter, uh, of women that were, you know, really very, very um, improvised, uh, very poor. Um, some cases they were single, they were alone, providing for their family. And this particular school shelter uh, gave them an opportunity to learn a skill such as, you know, sewing, embroidery, pottery, jewelry making, painting, and I was in heaven, Alexander, because <laughs> the designs and the things that these women were making were just extraordinary. And at the same time, I felt that this truly, truly, I felt that this lifelong, you know, need and me to go to Egypt, this lifelong desire for me to know this country, perhaps it was a way for me to meet these women and, and give them a way of, you know, satisfying myself, but also helping them. And that's that's really who are making the scarves for for Amora right now, these women in the southern part of Egypt and in Luxor. And I have a few more in in Cairo, but the bulk of it comes from Luxor. And it's this this particular shelter, this particular school, they don't call it a shelter, it's 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 kind of a school. And um, they, these women uh, are wonderful, wonderful women, extraordinarily talented. Mm. And they do these beautiful designs that are, you know, if, once you see them, you fall in love with them. And when you, and when you hear about their story and how, you know, how much they, it helps them provide for their family, then, you know, it just tears at your heart. You know, it really is a good cause. Mm. And, so- and Go ahead. Yeah. Yes. No. So it sounds like, and I, I know you, you had, you're, you've touched upon this, that part of your mission is not only to provide these amazing quality pieces, which you've, you've given me some, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but, um, but your mission is really to also empower these women and really help them to have a, have a, a self-sustaining business and also be able to, you know, to, to, to not only help the, the women who are getting the, the product, but also the, these, these women who are, are creating the product. Can you touch up a little bit more about that, please? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it, it definitely, like you say, it, it's, it's, a, it's become a mission for me because I am helping these women. And um, it's not just these women in Alexandria. Let me tell you about the, the ones that are doing the jewelry because mm. I, I sell scarves, I sell jewelry. But the, the ones in jewelry uh, are even even much more of an empowerment, I would say. And the reason for that is because when I then went to buy all the stones that I had fallen in love with, you know, I remember that I go with my friend, uh, my Irish friend Mara, to buy the stones, and we buy all these stones, and (laughs) Mara says to me, 
uh, jewelry, are you going to make these jewelry now? And I said, I don't know how to make jewelry. <laughs> and she goes, well, you, you have a lot of stones, a lot of, you know. And I said, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll find somebody. And I'm thinking, what have I done? <laughs> and I have no idea how to make that. I had all these designs in my head, but I have no idea. While we were paying for the stones, this wonderful young lady hears us and says, ask us if we needed help with translation. Well, it turns out that this girl was there to buy stones because she made jewelry. When she said that, you know, I looked at Mara and I looked at her and I said, hmm, would you be interested in making jewelry for a lady from the U.S.? Me. And she looked at me and she goes, <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> and that was the beginning of how Ragda, mm. began, you know, started making the jewelry for me. So she pulled out of her purse these beautiful designs that she had done. And we began talking. She did samples for me. Bottom line is that now she does these things, but she has other women working for her based on the orders that I give her and the business that I give her. So she has become an entrepreneur herself wow. in this country where, you know, a woman starting her own business is not the norm. So for me, that was, a, it was just so, so self-satisfying. And the same thing happened with another young girl that I went in search of um, this charitable organization. They had told me that they helped artists. Um, and, um, it was a nonprofit and there was a particular group of women that were burnt victims and they did jewelry. So in my search there, I met this lady, this young girl too, that also did the organization and the coordination of these artists with the clients. Well, her name is Fatma and Fatma actually had studied jewelry design. And it turns out that eventually, um, Fatma is also one of my jewelry makers. She designs her own designs as well, but she does my designs as well. So she now also has women working for her when I place orders for her. Mm. So, you know, for me, it's like uh, these two young Egyptian women are driven. They're very, you know, they're charming as can be. Their hearts are enormous. They're, they want, Rata just got married. And they're just wonderful, wonderful examples of how you can empower women, how you can give them hope, how you can give them, you know, something to look forward to, you know? Mm. Um, I'm not saying they didn't have things that they look forward to, but it's it's, it's an, a new avenue for them, you know? Of course. So, and I know you mentioned before to me that they have become your family. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, Ragda has gotten married. And so we were con you know, con calling back and forth. We talk on Skype. We talk on Facebook. Mohammed is another person that became really, really a family member. And uh, he was my tour guide when I first went to Egypt. But Mohammed really became a friend, a translator, his family, his wife, Amira, um, Jada is his little girl. Joseph is his little boy. They, they you know, they're like family to me now. And uh, they, Amira just recently did a beautiful, beautiful handmade mantilla mm -hmm. for Javi and Kristen's wedding. So, you know, they're family. They've become family. When I go there, I'm treated as family. And um, they are really, really um, people that I would consider lifelong family members. Really. Mm. Wow. So it's like you, like you said, you know, you're taking, it's like, uh, their family, you're taking care of them, you're providing them with these opportunities. And that's amazing. So when you buy Amora designs, you're not just buying beautiful pieces, you're really helping to, um, you know, to, to provide additional supplement for these women 
in these impoverished areas of Egypt. And, and you're, and you're creating additional business women and entrepreneurs there as well, which is, which is incredible. Exactly. So for example, for Ragda, um, you know, she has, she had, she's an accountant. She works in, in the financial part of the, of the government in Egypt. So this is something that's very new for her. She has no business experience. So I've become kind of a little bit of a coach for her too. Mm. how she sources the things that she needs to buy for what I need to have made. So I don't just, I'm not just a customer for her. I've become kind of an unofficial mentor, business mentor for her since I've been in the business world so long. So I'll, I'll give her advice, you know, so this is what you need to do, Ragda. You need to try to follow this. You need to try to do this. So I'm helping them become business women along the way, too. And um, I love that because mm. I can share my experiences with these two young, wonderful women. Um, and they, you know, they have expanded their business. So that's good to know. That's it, it, And I'm hoping that the more successful, more is obviously the more Ragdas and Fatmas I can help and the more women in the southern part of Luxor can make these wonderful scarves too. Mm. You know? Yes. I, Julie, I love your heart because I know you're such a, you're, this is why I work with mission driven businesses and entrepreneurs because you touched the, you just said it yourself. I mean, you, you're a giver and you want to, uh, there's a much bigger mission and vision that you have. It's not just about selling the pieces. It's not just about the bottom line, but you see that there's synergy there and you see that by helping, you know, by, by getting these pieces, by making more money, you know, as, as more successful Amora becomes, you can help more people, you can help more families, you can help more of these victims and you were saying the burnt the the women that have been burnt and and provide additional income so I love that you're you see that that is almost like of course you want to be successful any social entrepreneur does I mean we have to feed ourselves however you see it as like a win-win for all parties actually like a triple win you know a win (laughs) for me a win for the for the consumer and a win for the the ladies that are helping you on the back end absolutely absolutely and you know, my, my, I, have a, I have a vision, and the vision is for me, obviously, to be successful in this business, but not because, you know, because of the money aspect, Alexandra, but it's like I said, you know, the more successful I am, the more I can help these women. But another another cause for me that's really big is, is not just women and empowerment of women, it's children. So, you know, I, you know, I've been to many, many, many poor places in Egypt and in other places of the world. Um, that, you know, really break your heart when you see, you know, these young, you know, children that, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, need our help. And, and of course that for me is, is another vision. How can I help these children in the future when Amora is much more successful? And, uh, is it, is it a school? Is it teaching them languages? It's, you know, it's many ways. So I have a lot of things in my mind. This is just the beginning the tip of the right. iceberg for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I try to do as much as I can in local charities too, because, you know, as I said, children are, are a big, big thing for me. And, um, locally I help the handy organization, which is a, it's helping advantage neglected and disadvantaged youth. And these kids are foster kids that are just leaving the system Mm. and, you know, they're out on their own. The, The system helps them when you're 18. And once you're 18, you're, you're on your own. So, you know, you need to provide some technicals, some scholarships, whatever help they need so that when they are 18 and they're on their own, they become productive citizens in the world. If not, the record and statistics show that they 
you know, become homeless, they, they turn to drugs, they turn to other things, and we don't want that. I really don't want that. And I do whatever I can, shows, events, and I donate portions of my proceeds to help that organization, just like I help other organizations such as Starlight, which mm -hmm. is a, an organization similar to um, kind of the comparison is to Make-A-Wish. Mm -hmm. um, they help, you know, terminally ill children, very sick children, from home to, to hospital care, whether it's home needing dialysis, whether it's, you know, whatever type of care they need or, or in the hospital when they're, you know, interned. So the same thing, helping them in their, you know, events and helping proceeds, uh, portions of proceeds to help them. So those are the things that I do. You know, we are a mission-based uh, company to help these women, obviously, that make these things. But mm -hmm. my partner and I, and I do have a partner, so when I came back from Egypt, I, I partnered with a very good friend of mine that uh, was uh, very knowledgeable in the sales and marketing uh, aspect of the business. And he is very much on the same page uh, as I am regarding mission-based, you know, very, very charitable, uh, charitable person. And so we're both very much driven to not make just, just a business um, for the sake of a business, obviously, but also to do whatever we can in our in our you know goal to help other organizations such as Handy, Starlight, and these women in Egypt as well. Mm. And I just wanted to touch upon that point because uh, you're a fairly new business, and as an entrepreneur or a startup or even a newer biz, small business, having that that mission and that you know that that bigger picture vision is like the fuel that's going to keep you going because as you know being in being a new business is extremely challenging and right. so you know this is why I love working with with people who are passionate like you because you just keep going you know that you know that as you become and you have that abundance mindset as well you know that as more more you uh the more you make the more you can give you have in the back of your mind you know you have to make this a success because not only do you have to feed yourself, but you're, you're helping to feed all these other people. You're helping all these kids. You're helping these women. You're empowering a much, you're, you're, it's a much bigger picture. And so I think, like, like I said a, a, a few minutes ago, it's a win-win-win. And, um, and, and I think this is a really great, uh, you know, business advice piece of just having that focus, remembering to focus on your mission and that bigger picture when those, when you were having those trying times as an entrepreneur or small business. Absolutely. I mean, as you know, Alexandra, a new business has enormous amounts of challenges, resources, budget, everything that you can imagine. You know, how do you make consumers uh, recognize your brand? Uh, how mm -hmm. do they know? How do you drive them to your, you know, store or website, whatever it is that you build and, and, you know, they have to like your product, first right. of all, right? They have to like yes. what, you're, what you're providing. And then, you know, after you, they come in and they provide what you're, what you're, you know, giving to them, consistently stay fresh, stay mm -hmm. creative, stay innovative, right? So that you can then do what you want to do, which is help however much you can help in your mission and your vision for the company. So it, it's enormous. I mean, and with the whole social media uh, world today, it's not just, you know, opening up a website or opening a store. You have to really be on edge of, on the, on the crisp, on the cusp of, um, 
all the the things that are required within the social media world, Facebook, Mm -hmm. Twitter, Instagram, I mean, everything that you can imagine and be on top of that because your competition is doing that. Absolutely. So for a new entrepreneur, I would, I would strongly recommend if you're not familiar with that, that you need to become familiar, you know, do your research. I mean, my partner and I spend hours researching. We look at fashion trends. We look at technology. We Mm -hmm. look at the market research. It's not just a question of, you know, designing the items that I want to do. There's so much in starting up a business, as you know, and in order for you to stay competitive and really get out there, you have to do all these things. Mm, That's what we do. So I know that your Amora is mostly online, if not all, right? Mm -hmm. Can you give a a, a few, maybe some some advice or your experience on some of the technology technology trends or things that you've implemented technologically or or digitally or online to help your business? Yes, we... Um, digitally, obviously, as I mentioned, you know, we are on all social media. We are also, you have to make it accessible for your, for your customers. So some customers want to go to the website and order online because it's a huge, uh, you know, way of how people purchase and shop nowadays. Some people purchase from eBay. So you need to consider if you want to open an eBay store. Some people have Etsy, mm-hmm. open an Etsy store. Um, we also have a few of our items in local boutiques such as Luxie Boutique that's in the Gables, uh, So Me, So You that's in South Miami sells our scarves. But the other thing that's up and rising, and I had mentioned this to you before, is all this new talk and uh, new wave of the Bitcoin. And the Bitcoin is, is kind of a new currency, a new world currency, if you want to say, although some people are shy from calling it a currency because it is so controversial. Mm-hmm. But it is a way for somebody in Japan, in London, and you know, Hawaii, and, um, for example, in the Philippines, to purchase something with one coin, the Bitcoin, mm-hmm. not not the local currency. So imagine, you know, years ago when you heard about Google or you heard about Yahoo or you heard about the World Wide Web and how controversial that was. The Bitcoin is a very, very, very revolutionary way of exchanging, of buying, of marketing, and selling your products. And, and, and that's something that as a new entrepreneur, you need to consider that. You want to ride, ride the wave of anything that's going to be out there before it's already up and established. Mm-hmm. So we were recently asked to join this website that sells specifically on Bitcoin, and we jumped at it. We mm-hmm. thought, my partner and I thought, what a great way to get at the forefront um, at bitdazzle.com where people buy things, our products, for example, and many other home goods, clothing, everything that you can imagine through Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something that I, as an entrepreneur, do your research, take a look at it. Is it risky? Absolutely. Anything that's new and starting up in the in the in the you know in the business world is risky. People, you know, poo-poo it or people, <laughs> you know, say this is the first this is up and coming. So you just have to do your research and be always ahead of the game and try to see what else you can do to, you know, put yourself out there and, and do whatever it takes. So mm-hmm. that would be my piece of advice, uh, one of my pieces of advice for people starting out as well. Yes, and and uh, and I think I had mentioned this is something you're you're an early adopter of this new technology, and so with being an entrepreneur, there is risk that you need to take. And so, but you can, like you said, you can ride that wave 
and and see where it goes. I'm sure it's not going to be that 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 detrimental to your business in the end. So I'm sure it's it's almost like you know something you want to try. And 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 the way that it is with social media, I mean, especially as an online retail business like yours, you need to be everywhere really. So you need to take advantage of these opportunities because it's going to open and widen your market that you may not have had before. And and even just testing as an entrepreneur, sometimes and a startup especially, sometimes you have to test different things to see what works. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we've done things that we look back now and say, mm, maybe that wasn't so good. It didn't work out, but we never would have known that if we didn't try it. Mm-hmm. And then we've done other things that you say, you know, wow, that was great. That was the bomb. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we hit the jackpot and it said, okay, we need to do more of that. But that's how it is. You got to try things and not, you don't know if it's going to work or not. So I wanted to talk about your amazing designs and fashions because thank you, 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 you provided me with a couple of gorgeous pieces and I'm going to have links to your website on, on the, um, once we're done with the, with the interview, but, um, you have amazing scarves that are made from 100% Egyptian cotton and they feel like silk, as you mentioned a bit ago, so high quality. And then you also have a lot of jewelry pieces made with what appear to be like semi-precious stones and other, yep. other, other beading and stones that are just beautiful and gorgeous all look very, very expensive <laughs> and, um, very high quality. And I know, cause I've looked at, I've looked at your website that you're actually f- very affordable considering yes. that these are handmade pieces, again, very high quality. Can you talk to us about about your pieces and, and perhaps yeah. maybe what, 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 are you, what are you most passionate about selling? <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, I try to um, select stones that are indigenous of Egypt. Not all of it is all from Egypt in, in the sense that they're, you know, stones that you can get from them. But I would say a very high majority, the turquoise, the lapis, the onyx, the crystals. I mean, the alabaster and the agate are all from Egypt. And I love the variety in the shades of the stone. So I try to work with those kinds of, of materials. You know, the an orange gold piece is not just orange. It's either orange with flecks of gold and brown in it, or it's an orange piece and it has flecks of gold and blue in it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I try to incorporate symbols that are, you know, indigenous to Egypt and also my philosophy of life. I mean, I, you know, anybody that knows me knows I'm a hugely... A positive person. I always say life is good. And um, so I try to incorporate the symbols, the key of life, for example, the, an, an Ankh is, is a very old Egyptian symbol and represents the, the key of life. Um, the, the hand, the Fatima hand, uh, represents protection from evil, spirituality. We have the Am symbol. I try to incorporate all those things. And the pieces really uh, are all handmade. They, they, um, they're all very nice. And, and, and very richly done by these, you know, girls, these women. But the, the good thing about it is, and this is something that I'm very, very strongly um, uh, adamant about, is I want it to be affordable for the everyday woman. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make a piece that's going to be extremely exorbitant, uh, beautiful, but nobody can afford to wear them. Mm-hmm. I want them to be something that, you know, you go on the website and you look at one of my pieces, one of my designs, and you're going to be able to say, I can buy that. Or, you know, it, it'll make a nice gift. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's the also the strategy behind our pricing uh, and why, you know, when you go in, the, the top selling item that I have is $55. 
That's the most expensive item I have. And yet it's full of beautiful semi-precious stones. And, and um, that doesn't mean that in the future I might go into something that are more precious stones. But mm-hmm. for now, that's, that's how we're marketing. And that's what I really want to concentrate on. Sure, like maybe in the future you can have a premium line or maybe a more exclusive exactly. pieces like or something. Silver, mm-hmm. Exactly, like silver and gold. You know, right now we, we're trying to, to do this, and, and, you know, this is the strategy that we're using. But uh, as, you know, many other designers and many other companies do have different lines, and, you know, that could be something that we do in the future. For now, this is how it is. It's very affordable and very reasonable, and I'm glad you like them. <laughs> Fantastic. So let's see. Well, how can how can people find you, and how can people find uh, your business and, and connect with you? Well, our website is www.amoradesigns.com. It's A-M-O-U-R-A-D-E-S-I-G-N-S, Designs. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on uh, Instagram. We're on Twitter, we're on Pinterest, and um, eBay, Etsy, and now the Dazzle. If you go to our website, all our links are there to all these other social media. If you want to reach me and ask me any questions, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're just a woman interested in fashion, my email is jacosta, J-A-C-O-S-T-A, at amoradesigns.com. And uh, Alexandra, I don't know if I told you what Amora means. You know, did, did I tell you the story of what Amora means? Oh, I'm not sure, but please, please tell us. Yeah. Well, Amora means in old Egyptian Arabic, it means beautiful. So mm-hmm. I, I just happened to be in a location one day and I heard the name and that's how Amora was born. When I asked my friend Mohammed, and I said, Mohammed, what does that mean? And he goes, oh, Julia, that means beautiful. And then he starts laughing. And I go, why are you laughing, Mohammed? And he goes, well, in today's world, it means something else. <laughs> and I go, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, in today's world, that's what the guys call the pretty girls. They call them Amoras, like the hotties. Oh and I go, gosh. oh, my God, I love that. So, <laughs> you know, Amora is beautiful, but it's also a pretty young girl, a pretty young thing. So I love that it was fresh. It, it sounds like Amor. It's Amora, and it's, a, it's an old Egyptian word. So Amora was born. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm, thank you for clarifying that because you know what? I was thinking it, and I was I thought that you were maybe it was a it was a play on 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 love in 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 Latin or in another language. And so I'm glad that you clarified that because it does sound like amor or love, and exactly. and now that it's beautiful and 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 and, and, and obviously has some uh, a trendy uh, application exactly. <laughs> young thing exactly. so perfect that's a fabulous name well there you go yeah. more reason to love <laughs> to be in love with Amora <laughs> not yeah. only is it a great name uh, have awesome founders beautiful designs and of course gives back in multiple ways so um, you're doing wonderful things Julie and I hope to uh, ha- to have you back here and maybe uh, sometime in the future when you have a new a new benchmark that you've reached and, uh, and you can give us more information, I'm sure. And, and you've been very, very generous with your time and your advice. So I really appreciate you being here today. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity of sharing my story. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And that's a wrap for Mission Chat Show. Thanks for tuning in and have a mission-driven day. Bye. Bye.